I started listening to the 9 to 5 Mac Happy Hour today. Benjamin Mayo. I like Benjamin Mayo a lot. And he's British, so <laughs> can't beat that. Love listening to the foreigners on the... Mayo just doesn't seem like a very British name. Maybe Benjamin Mayo is not British. Maybe it's the other guy. But I think it's I think it's Benjamin Mayo. Although I don't know where Mayo comes from. Yeah, I don't either. Like the actual condiment. Where was it created? Right. In the pits of hell. That's, that's where. That's t- you don't like mayo? I don't really like any condiments. Really? I mean, I say that. I don't like ketchup. Okay. I don't like mustard. Have you ever had curry ketchup? That sounds even worse than whatever regular ketchup tastes like. Um, I don't like mayo. Or Miracle Whip. I don't like, um, I like ranch, but not really on sandwiches, because that's, I don't know. I guess it's okay if people want to do that. I mean, it's okay, whatever people want to put on their sandwich, just not on my sandwich. Mm -hmm. I like barbecue sauce occasionally on like a bacon cheddar burger. But for the most part, I like, I like my sandwiches like I like my humor dry all right all right Did you see that old uh wonder list is hitting the hay they got bought by microsoft probably three years ago now two or three years ago and so microsoft has said listen go to microsoft to do you have to uh, now this isn't going to surprise you nope but i don't know what wonder list is it sounds vaguely familiar. Though CGP Grey used it, especially at length, uh, because it has great syncing and you can use it with multiple people really well. And he used it with his assistant. And that was like their primary way of communicating with one another. They talked about that, especially like the beginning episodes of Cortex. They mentioned that a lot. Especially when they would review home screens and the like. So it doesn't surprise me that his primary way of communicating with someone is through an app that sounds like it's just lists. Right. <laughs> like, no, hello, how you doing today? It's just no. bu- bullet points. Yeah, sort of a dream of yours. It. There's definitely an appeal there. I'm not going to lie. Nope. Wonderlist is going away May 6th. 2020 get focused with our new app microsoft to do they took the hyphen out of to do there used to be a hyphen in to do because i used to have to hit windows key to dash and then the other day i was hitting windows key to dash and it was just giving me all this crap and it wouldn't give me the app and so finally i went to find the app and they had taken the dash out so now i just have to have to type windows key to space do enter so i have been exposed which sounds bad, to uh, Microsoft Power Apps. Have you ever heard of Microsoft Power Apps? I've heard of Power BI. Well, yeah, I've heard of that too. That sounds even worse. But Power Apps, I don't even really know what it is or what it's for. I'm just trying to make a form, okay? I just want to make a form that people can fill out. And it's just... a, a couple questions, but I want certain, you know, if you answer this question, really, it's just one question. <laughs> it's just one question, really, but there's three options. And if you select one option, then the answer is no, can't do this. 
So, you know, if you click that answer, I want to show something else. And then if you click the middle answer, it's yes, but I need to know more. So it's just like a simple text box of tell me what, what they're doing. And then if it's the last answer, it's great. And this has been surprisingly difficult to use quote-unquote power apps to make what I would consider to be a pretty simple form. Have you tried Google Forms? No, because... Google Forms is the best. It is, but we're dealing with associate information, so I can't Mm. just have it be living out anywhere. So, you know, data. That's the worst. Stuff. Security sucks. Power apps. Ruins everything. But it sounds cool, though. Like, it makes me want to... I don't know, play some 80s rock anthem. Apps. But so far, I've been pretty underwhelmed. With... Can you create a form? <laughs> like, that's all I'm trying to do. And it has been weeks of I'd me like trying to, to do I'd like to see this. you create a form. So that's been, that's been my life. Bitch, I think it's gonna be easy, but it's not. If you want power, with great power comes great complexity. Do you ever use Chrome? <laughs> was that the end of, end of your question? It wasn't going to be, but then I thought, let's keep this open-ended. <laughs> okay. Why don't we? Um, I do open Chrome. There are two websites in particular that just don't always behave well in Safari. So, um, yeah, I pretty much always have Chrome open. Primarily one website and then occasionally another website. So it's really just one tab but fiverr it just doesn't um there's there's just certain things that it doesn't behave super well like especially if i'm uploading a file and it's a big file and i'm at home and it's gonna take some time sometimes it just fizzles out for no reason but i don't seem to have that problem in chrome the other website is motion array um and i use that for downloading uh, like After Effects templates and royalty-free music. And for whatever reason, the like preview play button, when I'm just scrolling through a list of music, it doesn't play <laughs> correctly in Safari. But if I, if I open it in, in uh, Chrome, it's just fine. Hmm. No idea. So yes, I do. I used Chrome a lot whenever I was working on a PC here. Uh, but ever since I moved back to a Mac in my work situation, I just full-on Safari. Yeah. For what matters. But Fiverr matters also. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I want it to work correctly. Behave yourself, Fiverr. Do you ever use Chrome on iOS? Uh, no. No matter how many times it asks me in, in Gmail if I want to open this in Chrome, it's always No. <laughs> No, I don't use it. I have it downloaded on the iPad. Um, again, for similar reasons, if I'm accessing Fiverr um, from my iPad. But for the most part, no, I, I definitely don't use it on my phone. I don't even think I have it downloaded on my phone. It's great on the phone. The best feature of it is that you can... So in Safari... You can hold the tabs button down 
and then it pops up and you can delete your current tab. You can create a new tab. You can create a new incognito tab or you can close all your tabs. Usually, I don't know, 300 something for me. And, but the key terribleness of it is in Safari, you hold down on the tab, it slides up. If you move your finger over without picking it up, you can't select anything. And just a simple thing that I love that Chrome does is that if you hold on the tab button, it pops up the same options. But if you just hold on it and then slide over to those options when they pop up, then you don't have to tap the new tab. You can just push, move over to new tab, let go, and you got a new tab. So it's like a swipe browser. <laughs> That's not, no. Okay. No. Well, I say that. you say, I know how you like swipe things. Yes, I guess it is a swipe browser because you can also, at the top of a page, you can swipe down to refresh, which I like a lot, like you do in Twitter, for instance, or anywhere, really. Um, you can also swipe down and push a little left, and that'll add a new tab. And then if you swipe down and push a little right, I don't remember what it does, <laughs> but it'll do something. No, I don't use Chrome. So yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. I, I use both of them back and forth. Chrome will also tell you... Um, well, Chrome will also... I don't think there's a limit to how many tabs you can have open in Chrome. And you can only have 500 open in Safari. Well, if you're on a uh, Mac Pro, I think what the, the limit was 6,000 tabs yes. before it crashed. Yes. Which is in, <laughs> insane. But there is a hard limit, just like you can only have 100 VIPs, which is also just freaking dumb. Ridiculous, yes. You can, only, you can only have 500 Safari tabs, not even open, just like in the background having open, you know, it's not like, it's not like I need you to keep all those in, in RAM. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems reasonable to me. I might cap it at 100. No. <laughs> just because... Once you're past 100, you know, maybe you need to rethink some things is all I'm saying. But that should be my responsibility. I don't need to be forced That's true. to rethink things. That's true. Um, I am very much on the side of let people do what they want to do as long as they're not hurting, the, you know, like, let them hurt themselves if they want. I mean, that's their choice. As long as they're not hurting me or other people, then I guess, yeah, have a thousand tabs be the limit or have no limit at all. That's what I'm saying. Just see what you can do. I mean, I guess the limit would be how much the A13? Is that what we're on now? That is what we're on now. Yeah. How much can that handle? It, Probably more no than the Mac Pro. There's no handling it. I mean, it's just, it's holding it in, in the background. I mean, it, it's just like, are you going to have a limit on the number of contacts I can have? No. They might. It's preposterous. I don't know. Do they? There probably is. <laughs> It's preposterous. I felt like... Hmm. What does that word even mean? Preposterous. What's, what's posturous? I don't know. Anyways, etymology. Love it. Go ahead. Well, now I'm, lo I'm lost. You, now I want to know what posturous means. Preposterous. Contrary to reason or common sense. Utterly absurd or ridiculous. What you got for me? Mid-16th century. Uh, pre is for before, of course. Posturous is for coming after. So pre coming after before what? before coming after oh oh so it's before and coming after together that's absurd I love you Latin well done like it 
the last 30 seconds have been pretty absurd. Um, <laughs> what were we even talking about? Preposterous. Well, yeah, but don't, before that. Don't, don't limit my tabs, my contacts, my VIPs. Well, so one really nice thing, too, about Chrome on the iPad, well, and, and Safari, and, 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 and on iOS, I should say, is that, so on the iPhone, then Chrome will show you basically twice the number of tabs in the same amount of space when you're looking at tab view because it shows two side by side, whereas Safari shows this single list. And on the iPad, you actually get the same times two, but Safari shows you two side by side and Chrome will show you four side by side. And for a man with many tabs. I could see how this could be appealing to most people. But for me, it's just like, this is just not a, it's not a need that I need fulfilled. Yeah. Because I'm very meticulous about managing how many tabs I have open, even on my phone. I don't know why. I mean, I, I wish I could be more that way. I wish I could be meticulous in other areas of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's so many other areas of my life that would benefit from being more meticulous. That's so true. Like money management, time management. Relationship management? Eh, you know. Don't be too meticulous. Yeah, I don't want to, you know. You want to be yourself. Right. If right. they're going to like you, they're going to like you for who you are. Let me tell you. And if they're not going to like you, they're not going to like you for who you are. Yeah, probably. Since we've moved to the new building, I fixed probably the biggest issue I was having with just, you know, being around a bunch of people. There's more people here, but now I'm on the end of the row, and I'm not in the middle. So when they talk to each other now, I I don't, I'm not, I didn't hear it before because I always have my, my Sonys on, but now I just don't even see it either, you know? Like there would be people just all around me talking to each other and standing and standing next to my desk talking to each other. And it's just uncomfortable when I'm trying to, you know, zone out and do stuff. But now that I sit on the end, which wasn't going to be the case, I was going to be in the middle. And I just was like, hey, can I be on the end? And they fixed it. It was great. It's been nice. great. Now I don't feel like, you know, they're still talking, which is great for them. But they're not like standing all around me doing it. You don't feel like you're getting left out of anything? No, I don't. Was it you that introduced me to the term uh, Jomo? Or did no. I just find that on my own somewhere? No, it wasn't me. I don't even know what this means. Well, you know, people have FOMO. Yes, I know that. I have Jomo, which is the joy of missing oh. out. Oh, wow. I just figure if if it's something really important, then, you know, they'll come to me and tap me. And I'll take my headphones off and we'll talk about it. Or even better, they'll slack me. And then I'll have a record of it that I can mm. refer to later and remember. Or something that I can take direct action on of like, remind me about this next week. <laughs> or in an hour or whenever. Or never. Well, I, I'm pretty good about clicking remind me about this. No, I'm saying if they send it to you and you're like, this isn't important. <laughs> what do you, well, why are you sending this for 
the problem I have with other people having conversations and me not hearing them at all is that then I have to trust them to determine what's important for me. And eh, I, don't, I don't love that. So I, 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 I at least like to just hear, and I don't have any noise canceling going on, so I basically do. But I, I just at least like to hear, like, what is, what is it that you're talking about? Are you, are you deciding that we should do something differently in a banana's way? Because I might have to say something about that, if that's what's going down. Yeah. I mean, it's so informal, what's going on around the desk, usually, that if, I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I assume that if it's something that I truly need to know, it's probably going to come up in, like, a team meeting or something. But Yeah. I'm only speculating, though. Because... I mean, you don't know what you don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that, I like that. That's a good place for me to, to, to be most of the time. That's not a bad way <laughs> to be. Uh, okay, so the big news this week, but I don't really understand it all, so I need, need some help from you. Okay. Uh, Apple reportedly releasing an iPad keyboard with a trackpad later this year. So there have been rumors... Well, and just the fact that there hasn't been a new iPad Pro since 2018, surely there would be uh, some new iPad Pros, maybe even, well, I mean, they just had new iPads back in September, but uh, the big rumor coming out, and I'm uh, reading from The Verge, Apple planning to release a new iPad keyboard with built-in trackpad. The new accessory is likely going to release alongside the next version of the iPad Pro. Um Blah, blah, blah. But it's an extension of the iPad's assistive touch technology, which you can turn on in accessibility in iOS 13. Um, What would that look like, though? Like, I, I know that when you have that on, actually, I don't. I don't even really know what that does. Like, do you have a pointer yeah, on so the screen? Not, you haven't tried it yet? I haven't tried it at all. Oh, yeah. Levi, you got to try it. I'm just not... I don't know how to think about having a pointer on an iPad. I, I don't know. That's why it's like my brain can't comprehend it and is scared to even try it. So then I'm also, from that, I don't understand really what a trackpad would end up doing. So the pointer that you get on the screen behaves as if it is your finger touching the screen more than it behaves like a mouse cursor okay. necessarily. Which is actually really nice because it enables you, like you can pull down control center with it if you start from the top and scroll down. Um, you can do the same with notification center if you're coming from that left two-thirds of the screen or whatever it might be. And you can pull up to pull up the dock. I mean, you can use it as if it is your finger on the screen. And it, I mean, to me, it's just ergonomics in a lot of ways. Um, where you can control what's happening on the screen by touching something that is closer to where your hand would usually be. You don't have to hold your hand up there. And I'd, I'd love to see it. So what devices can you currently use to, to use that assistive touch function? Any mouse. Oh, okay. So an actual mouse, mm -hmm. but not the magic trackpad? So no, no trackpads except for... Um, the bridge, the, the bridge keyboard, bridge the bridge company who makes the bridge keyboard, um, that is a much ballyhooed keyboard. Uh, they've come out with a version of their keyboard with a trackpad in front of it, 
like similar to what we would expect from Apple, similar to what you see on any laptop out there. And they they basically I mean it basically looks like they already had one actually that was for the surface that had a trackpad. So I mean they already kind of knew how that would work um, because the surface already had a trackpad and mouse support uh, years ago. But they did. So there is not trackpad support in the OS right now. There is only mouse support. So they had to essentially backwards engineer this trackpad to signal as if it is a mouse, which uh, sounds sounds difficult and error prone. Now, um, is this a like a regular mouse or a nipple mouse? What kind of mouse? <laughs> What kind of mouse are we talking about here? Uh, you know, <laughs> plain Jane mouse. Just plain. No, no nipple mouse. Uh, no nipple mouse. Okay, just I'm just I was just one. I just wanted to be sure. Thank you. You, you are welcome. So I, I've used uh, a mouse. I've used a few different mice with my iPad. I I enjoy it. It's it's nice to have, and you don't have to use it. You can still. Do everything on the screen with your fingers, but you can also use use a mouse, and you can also map the mouse buttons to all sorts of different uh, functions. Like you can have the right click be a long press. You can have uh, any. You can have any button be expose or show the dock or go home or run a shortcut. Even I mean, you can, you can get crazy with it, especially if you have one of these Logitech mice that have six, seven, eight buttons but even on um like even on my mighty mouse um which is the mouse that apple made before the magic mouse then you can you can scroll too so that that to me is actually the nicest feature of it which is one of the things that i hate about the trackpad not working with the ipad is because i would i i when you're scrolling a lot then when you have it up with a keyboard, that's not really the best way to scroll. Um, so I try, I mean, I do a fair bit of scrolling with the keyboard, but I'd rather have it a little smoother. And so it's really nice if you have a, if you have a scroll wheel on the mouse, because then you can just use that. If you have a magic mouse, you can't scroll What <laughs> with the magic mouse. Uh, essentially because I would guess that that essentially acts like a trackpad, that top of the magic mouse. Top of the magic mouse to you. So it, you know, hopefully when they incorporate trackpad support, then you'll be able to scroll with your magic mouse on your iPad because that, that'd be a dream. I'd love that. I wonder, I mean, there's not many specifics here in this story, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hopeful that they keep the same sizes. So, because I don't need a new iPad pro, but maybe if I was able to get this new, rumored keyboard and it still work with my current ipad pro yeah i I would guess they're going to keep the same sizes because they just redesigned last time and i mean it seems like a design they're gonna carry forward i just wonder how well that would work with a smaller size i guess it just depends on where they put it i mean you you kind of assume they would put it in the same place that you would normally have a a trackpad like on a on a macbook but Maybe it's maybe it's not like that. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It seems, you know, because the bridge keyboard, it the iPad kind of fastens to it at the very back of it. 
so that it can it really behaves like a laptop. But obviously the, the smart keyboard doesn't work that way. Um so I don't know. I mean we'll we'll see what they what they come out with. But it it does I mean it does seem like there could be I don't it'll be interesting to me to see if they come out with they still have a smart keyboard without a trackpad because I would almost think they would have to. And then they also have a smart keyboard with a trackpad. I don't know. I bet they will because just from a pricing standpoint, you got to <laughs> imagine this sucker is going to be pretty expensive. Yeah. Except I guess I'm, I'm wondering if whatever newness that they put into this new with trackpad version, that's not just, hey, now there's a trackpad. Because they're going to have to redesign it in some form or fashion. I just wonder if any of that will be incorporated into a new but trackpadless smart keyboard, or if they'll just say, "If you want one without a trackpad, we've got a great model over here." For yeah, because for the same price as you, a year and a half ago. <laughs> are you thinking? Margins. Are you thinking it will be like some kind of aluminum or? I don't know. Or be like still be like the the smart keyboards that we have today. I don't know. I mean there there have been I think there have been some rumors about aluminum getting involved at certain points, but I don't know. I mean, sounds expensive. It sounds, sounds heavy. It 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 doesn't really Plus I just love the cloth top feel of the smart keyboard. So yeah. I I hope they don't go away from that. Well, thank you, Philip. You've answered my question, which really is a question about assistive touch and not a question about trackpads. Yeah, to me, that'll be one of the really interesting parts about it is that, I mean, I wonder just how much they'll pull any of this assistive touch, get your mouse pointer, out of accessibility, or if they'll keep it there and just say, because if they put it, trackpad in the smart key in a smart keyboard that's just really it's really ramping up this feature because they just incorporated it a bit deep in accessibility last year not not that you can't totally use it but it's it's not anything that someone's going to find on their own yeah. without knowing about it everybody who knows about it you you go find it there's all the sorts of options it's great to have but it's it's definitely it's a little janky in, in sort of ways. I mean, there, there are different ways that you would want it to be used, especially like the size of the mouse cursor is pretty large because the size of the mouse cursor is kind of the size of your fingertip when it's on the screen, which for better or worse, but I don't feel like it has to be that way. It's kind of a one size fits all. No ability to modify that, I guess. Right, like, I mean, you can make it much bigger. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, <laughs> but the starting size is pretty the, big. Right, the smallest size is still, I don't know. I mean, it, When compared to, like, a regular mouse pointer that you would be used to. Right, well, even even that, you know, a regular mouse pointer, you don't, I don't know, maybe maybe you can, but I don't really ever think of it as you click with the mouse pointer. You click with, like, the tip of the mouse pointer. Right. But in this case, you really click with like the entire circular mouse cursor. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's different. It's a finger pointer. 
Yes. I've got, I, I'll try to try it out between now and next recording time so I can talk somewhat intelligently about it since I have no idea how it really works. Um, I'm just, it's kind of like with, uh, you know, like being able to plug your iPad up to a 4K or 5K monitor. I just, I have trouble understanding what the use case is. This seems way more easy to understand to me than than that scenario is but i'm just trying to think like the way i use an ipad now what benefit would i gain from doing it this way other than what you said which is you know you're not having to reach up and touch the screen it's kind of i mean it's just like using a mouse but getting used to detaching motion and movement from my hand it's still it still is my hand but you know what i mean like to me it all it all comes down to kind of the same way that at first it didn't i don't know like i never really understood really clearly the impact and the greatness that would be having a keyboard in front of your ipad um, I mean, I, I figured, oh, it's going to be easier to type, but it's easier to just do so many things and just get around without having to manipulate the screen all the time with all the keyboard shortcuts that are available to you. So I, I really think this just extends, hey, do you want to make things happen on the screen without having to reach up and touch the screen, keeping your hands down where it's natural for them to be, the very reason why They've been there all along. It was there all along, Philip. I uh, recently have, because I moved, I swapped out the iMac and the MacBook Pro in terms of where they were. I had the iMac here at work and I had the MacBook Pro at home. I've, I swapped them out before we moved because I don't let anybody move my iMac anymore. Um, and I've just kept it that way. I'm just kind of testing it out to see Maybe I like the iMac at home more, but the consequence of that has been I've been leaving the MacBook Pro here. So, you know, when I would typically need to write a story at night, I can't just go anywhere in the house and do that. You know, I've just been confined to the to the iMac, which isn't great when I want to be listening to a podcast while I'm writing and just trying to, you know, just be sitting with my wife or whatever. Uh, so I've been writing on the iPad the like the last three or four features I've done each week. I've written it entirely on the iPad, which has been interesting, and I've enjoyed it. Word is so much better than it was when it, you know, when those apps first came out on the iPad. The experience is so much similar to what it would be. It's really more like what it's like in a browser than necessarily what word feels like on a on a desktop mm -hmm. but but it's 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 good enough now that I'm like I could write from the iPad and not have any in word and not have any real concerns or and it's all synced through my Dropbox so I can go back and make those you know like it can be anywhere and and make updates and changes to it and I've enjoyed it and I like uh it's just so much lighter than typing on a laptop. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's not hot. 
you know, sometimes the laptop gets hot and it's, I don't know. I've, uh, it's been a pleasant experience. It's good. And it wasn't always like that at first, trying to do that on an iPad. But I think it was more just because the software wasn't, obviously wasn't where it is now in terms of being able to do multitasking and, and all of that. And iPads now are so much bigger <laughs> than they were, than they were, uh, you know, back in the, the 9.7 inch days. Yes. Those big, thick bezels. Do you use any test flight apps? Are you on any betas for any iOS apps? I was on Overcast at one point, but this was like several years ago, I guess when I first started using it. Um, and then I, at some point, got off, I guess. Yeah, I'm off of it, right? I mean... You you told me you were. I would think I would know if I was still on. I would think you would, too. Because you have to manage the installs and stuff through TestFlight, right? Correct. It's, yeah, so I'm definitely definitely not on it anymore. Yeah, I mean, it actually, when you go to the App Store, it will behave as if you don't have Overcast installed because it'll show the cloud download icon, and then you'll hit it, and it'll say, hey, you actually do have a version of this installed. Do you want to replace it with this uh, officially released version and then you say yes or no so i've been on the overcast beta for a few years now i think and i've been enjoying that a lot um marco is just a great developer he's a very responsive developer to he he just cares about every single bit of his app he actually he he jokes about the fact that he doesn't read his email and he doesn't respond to his email but i i think actually so i know that he doesn't <laughs> i know I, that for a fact i do too but um if you want to if you want to get his attention then it's inside the overcast beta slack well the problem i was having was billing related because it was the i guess the first year after i had subscribed um that's what it is, right? Subscription based now. Yes. And the first year I got I got charged again, but then I lost all of my, you know, subscription features. And so I emailed him and and, and I was emailing him because I know that once you get past that year point, like you get more the developers get more of a cut right. on so the they, second and, and subsequent years. Yeah, so they start getting 85% instead of 70%. Yeah, and so I was like, I I don't, you know, if I unsubscribe and subscribe again, you're going to lose that. Not, It's not a big thing in the grand scheme of things, but if it's happening to a lot of people, then it could be, I guess. And I guess he didn't care because he never <laughs> never responded. And the only the only action I had at that point was to... You know, like I unsubscribed and I went through Apple help and got refunded and then did it again and then it was fine. Yeah. Should have gone to the overcast beta slack. Could have gotten a response there. Yeah. Well, and because it's really great because slack is great and there's a whole lot of questions in the overcast beta slack or people just say, hey, is this happening to anybody else? And if it's not then there won't be very many replies on it. And if it's happening to a lot of people and there are a lot of replies on it, well, obviously he's going to pay attention to that. So, I mean, it works It works quite well because you do get people that go, hey, this thing keeps happening to me. And people will go, 
No, that never happens to me. It's on. That's on you. You're dumb, <laughs> right? <laughs> so how I did know. you get to this Slack? <laughs> you you might want to uninstall and reinstall and log out and log back in, sort of thing. But he has been fixing so many bugs lately, and there was a, there were a lot of bugs introduced with iOS 13. Um, that it seems like a lot of different audio apps and Overcast included have just kind of fallen down into. But he's been so good, especially with CarPlay. CarPlay's had a lot of hiccups lately for me um, with regard to Overcast. And so I've just been, I'm just so appreciative of him. I mean, there was probably one day where he put out maybe three or four betas. I mean, they were just coming like every two hours and it was just another bug. I think I fixed this thing. If it doesn't fix it, let me know. Nope, that wasn't it. Trying this other approach. And eventually it was like, yeah, that, that's not happening anymore. Because um, there, there was an issue where if you turned off your screen like really soon after you started a podcast back, then sometimes it would pause the podcast. Anyways, um, so that's one thing that he was that he was trying to chase down as quickly as possible. Speaking of CarPlay, do you ever have problems when you plug in and it like just doesn't launch right away the carplay doesn't launch right away yeah so i don't know for me it doesn't launch automatically um i like i have to tap carplay well so first i plug in my phone and then it says disconnecting bluetooth because it turns bluetooth off whenever it starts carplay so disconnects the bluetooth and then it's like reading the phone or whatever it's doing and then it should show instead of a bluetooth icon it shows a carplay icon and so i can tap the carplay icon and that launches carplay for me on the screen on your in your car yes yeah see mine it, when i plug in it will after a few seconds it will just launch straight into carplay that's excellent and it'll just start playing whatever i had played last or uh so sometimes it's most times it's overcast occasionally it's music uh but there are times when it just like <laughs> fritzes out completely yeah it definitely I, I don't know that carplay will ever be foolproof because it's just these car manufacturers you know i mean they're riding that layer to get it from your phone to the uh the unit basically you know yeah. the, the head unit as they used to be referred to. So they're just, you know, I don't I don't trust car manufacturers to do that extremely well. They do it well enough, it seems. And sometimes I have a really hard time engaging you know who. Yeah, I do know who. I've had a crazy hard time doing that lately. But specifically through CarPlay. Yeah. Is when it, where I yes, have yes, problems. Yes. Yeah. Because there's like, yes, yes, there's yes, a yes, button yes, yes, yes. on my uh, steering wheel, right? That mm-hmm. is for voice activation. Heck yeah. If you hit it once, it does the car voice activation. But if I hold it in, it will do she who shall not be named mm. activation or, in, in CarPlay. Or British man. Yeah, whoever you, how you, you have know, it set. Whoever you have it set to. I've had it set as the British man for years now. It would be weird for me. It would be weird for me to go back to <laughs> default Siri, which is interesting. One time I tried to change it, not realizing that it would change it everywhere. Yep. And so, you know, Brittany and the boys were using the HomePod at home and they were like, they messaged me like, 
it's broken. Something's not right. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know. Blair's Blair's gotten on board. The kids, I don't. The kids probably don't know any different. Yeah. Um. The kids do. So the kids use my, uh, use my Apple ID as as discussed last episode, and you can ask Siri to call you by a different name, and when it does so, then it just makes that your nickname in your contact, and so every once in a while. I'll, it's usually when I'm talking to Siri on my, on my wrist and it, it'll say, oh yeah, right on that, you know, lucky. And I'll be like, lucky. What you? And it's always been the kids will be like, Hey Siri, call me this, call me that. <laughs> so I know that they're up to, up to mischief. The best, the best kind of mischief. I mean, come on. Call me lucky. And they just get, oh, one time they would actually, uh, like it said it out loud and they just got such a kick out of it because you know they just like changed the technological world huh? that's that's exciting and they had you know pranked their dad all in one a great day so i used test flight for overcast and then i recently started using test flight for this new app called tweet notes which is really awesome it came about because the Twitter app on iPad added uh, this required. So the Twitter app on iPad added this required sidebar when you were in landscape that would show you the trends and you could not turn it off. So the right fourth of your screen was going to be taken up by all the trends out there. It's it's even more than like a fourth is it's it almost like a third yeah we'll pull it up so thankfully now they have uh, included an option in settings display i believe it is where you can turn that off oh it has a it has kind of a strange <laughs> a strange uh wording um for the the thing you turn off to do so let me find it display and sound show search column Oh, because so search is up there. Because search, search is there, but it's not there to be used for search. It's there to throw trends in your face, which I don't want. So back when this was required and you couldn't stop showing the quote-unquote search column, then one quick app that somebody built, and this, this happened uh, from discussions that were happening on Connected, the Relay FM podcast with Mike Hurley, Stephen Hackett, and Federico Vitici. And so they were they were complaining about this. And so somebody put together this super simple app that was basically just either a black screen, a different colored screen, or a white screen. And so you could just do a, uh, what's the floating window in iPad? Slide over. Yeah. So you could, you could basically just create a slide over of this app that was basically just like a black <laughs> column. But it would just cover just that cover for that. you. Just to cover it, you know? <laughs> Which, which was one step in the right direction. Well, then this other guy started creating this app called Tweet Notes. And Tweet Notes is another slide over application that you, you can create. And Tweet Notes, you can drag tweets into it. So you drag them from your, from your Twitter that you have on the left side of your screen into the Tweet Notes that you have in slide over on the right side of the screen. It covers up the search column with all the trends. And you can drag tweets in here and it saves them. You can make a note of that tweet. It'll 
it'll has a users tab within it where it'll tell you all the details about the users that you've saved tweets for. It's really nice. Um, so I, I joined that beta. It's it's within uh, one of the connected episodes recently, probably a week or two ago. You can, I mean, anybody can join the beta for tweet notes, and it's really awesome. Um, I've I've enjoyed using it, and all this came about because Twitter's terrible. And even after Twitter is not terrible now because they give you the option to hide it, well, I keep it shown so that I can put a slide over of tweet notes over it. How does it help you with uh, favoriting tweets? It doesn't really help with that. That is one thing. Well, you don't really, really need falls help. Down. You don't really need help with that. I don't. I don't really need help with all that. Did I tell you that I can't remember why, but I was scrolling back on someone's <laughs> profile recently. I think you did. Yeah. And I favorited a tweet from a year or so ago. And then I immediately unfavorited it. But I'm like, well, but she's going to, is she going to get a notification? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. How does that work? I really want to know. I probably need to test it out with you. To know. Someone you can trust. Yes. Someone I can. <laughs> you did ask me as a trusted contact on Facebook. Yes. So Facebook. <laughs> what is that? I Facebook earlier really today was is. like, hey, if you forget everything, then who do you want to be able to help you? And I was like, well, my wife, of course. Levi, why not? And I just added my dad just for the heck of it. I just figured, you know, why not? Because, especially because I got hacked this one time. Right. It was a mess. Well, the when I first got it, I was like, I don't know about, I don't know if this is Philip or not. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because that old account is still what I use for Instagram. <laughs> and so I get all, I don't know why, Apparently, the person that hacked my Facebook account is not interested in it for Instagram, but I do get all of these requests from all these users that speak to me in Arabic and have Arabic names. <laughs> They'd be like, we should be Instagram friends. And I'm like, no, actually not. Why do people hack accounts anyway? I don't know. You know, there was a recent, do you ever listen to Reply All? No. It's a Gimlet media podcast it's it's very great. popular right it's so so good it is very popular it's it's super excellent almost all their episodes are just really 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 great they have just really interesting stories it's basically supposed to be a podcast about the internet that's how it started and it happens that like everything is related to the internet um but they also have some really interesting things that are quite a bit about the internet. A lot of they do a thing called super tech support where they'll get these inquiries from listeners to be like, listen, this happened to me and it doesn't make any sense. Like, I've talked to the company, I've talked to them, and they've just told me, I don't know what to do for you. We've tried everything. And and it's stuff like, hey, my um my Instagram, this thing happened and somebody hacked it. Like, why would they even want? to hack it well it just so happens that this person on this particular episode of reply all they they stole her instagram account because it was a really short handle and they i mean they sell instagram accounts like on the black market basically um so especially if they can get ones with really short handles or you know with like real words you know it's just a single word sort of thing i mean just the same like domain names are you know or like food.com, which is actually not, I mean, I would never go to food.com, but for some reason, I'm sure it's like this incredibly valuable website. Um, anyways. Have I ever told you about the guy that reached out to me and wanted to 
pay me for my handle? I don't. I have a vague le- recollection of this. There was another Levi Gilbert, and I think his tag was Levi R. Gilbert mm. <laughs> on Instagram. And he messaged me. I don't even know how to get to messages on Instagram. I don't even know where you go to do that. Isn't that terrible? I don't even know. Uh, okay. No, that's not terrible. Um, I don't even know if I still have his uh, message anymore. But he he asked if... Uh, and like he was... Well, I don't even know if he was indicating that he would pay me but he was asking if he could have my my handle he, he said something like okay yeah he said this was march 15th of, of last year can i buy this instagram name from you plead i think he meant please <laughs> and uh unsurprisingly i never responded to him <laughs> he doesn't know who he's dealing with he has no idea yeah and I'm just like, no. I mean, obviously. Otherwise, you would have just that. said, hey, I'm going to take this from you. And you also wouldn't have responded. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He could have, you know, he could have just hacked it and taken it himself. But he's got 2,400 followers. What? He's and got to beat there, right? Underneath his name, it says athlete. And it says, I have the most fun. And it has a link to, I guess, his IMDb, which hmm. I don't know. He looks I, like I, I uh, thought he was an athlete. He looks like a skier in a dirt bike person. Okay, and okay, that, that's that's athletic. So yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. I, I'm sorry that you just didn't get there first. How I, many followers do you have? Oh, less than 2,400. Yeah, way less, way less than that. I mean, I don't even know where to go to find that. I have 269 followers. And I'm telling you, they're getting supreme content, <laughs> like a picture of my son's foot. I saw that. Just yep. just barely. He's got four toes hanging out, one hanging in. That's some A-plus parenting there. Yeah, you know. Philip, I perceive you to be a man of, of logic, and you like numbers and math and stuff like that. All think, correct. I think you went to like math school or something. I got my minor in math. You used to teach math. I got my <laughs> master's in teaching math. I like yes. to say that. Math. Um, so let me talk to you about the way high school basketball conference tiebreakers work in uh, the highest class of, well, all classifications of, of basketball here in the great state of Arkansas. Um, because we're about to potentially hit a tiebreaker for the Conway Lady Cats, and it has me stressed out. Okay, so let me... Oh, so we're talking, uh, conference standings tiebreakers. Yes, to decide... Not, not the game tiebreaker. No, no, It's no. not like, let's play knockout yeah. <laughs> to figure out who wins this. We don't need overtime. No, they just keep playing overtimes until the game's decided. But they do have tiebreakers in place for playoff seating implications gotcha. so this is uh the thursday what february 27th is that today that's correct tomorrow is the last conference game for 6a and 5a schools and then next week will be the state tournaments for all classifications is that still in hot springs the state tournaments are in individual places for each classification but all the championship games for all classifications are in hot springs at the summit yes okay and it has it's been that way for a long since time. i was in school yeah long time um like over a decade that's yes <laughs> yes no yeah over a decade 
Because that's been 13 years since I was in. There's one conference game remaining for said Lady Cats and Wampus Cats. And let me tell you what the tiebreakers are. So currently, your Conway Lady Cats are, they have, what is their record in conference? It's like eight and five or nine and five. I'll get you a specific answer here. They are nine and four in conference play. And they are tied for second with the Cabot Lady Panthers, who are also nine and four in conference play. Here are the official tie-breaking procedures, rule five from the AAA handbook. Um, and I just want to get your feedback on if this seems logical to you. If is this a fair procedure? I just want your input on on this. So the first tiebreaker is head-to-head in regular season conference play. That's logical. Yes. Your conference teams, you play each other twice, home and away. Um, so you're saying there's potential that it'll be even on that first tiebreaker. Yes. Like maybe Lady Cats 1-1 and the Lady Panthers 1-1 next up. Which is exactly what happened. Uh, number two, if the two teams have split, margin of victory between the two teams with a maximum of 10 points per game. We beat Cabot by exactly 10 points. They beat us by more than 10 points, but it's a maximum of 10 points. Mm. So we're still tied at that juncture. Number three, if the two teams are still tied, which I just said we are, all winning conference game points with a maximum of 10 points per game. So every win you get in conference, you can get up to 10 points from that win that are used for these exact scenarios, these tiebreaker scenarios. Um, well, Tuesday night, the Lady Cats had 80 points in their wins, in their eight wins. Um, and Cabot had 90 points, but Cabot lost Tuesday. You can't get any more points if you lose, right? Conway won by 40-something points, <laughs> but they only get to take 10 points. So even if you blow out a team by 40, you only get to take 10 points from the win. So guess what? They both have 90 points now. And the same conference record, split head-to-head, beat each other by the same maximum amount of points that you can get. <sighs> so if the... T- <laughs> then they go to like forfeited games, but that's just talking about points. There were no forfeited games. So if the two teams are still tied, which they have one game remaining, so there's a lot of outcomes here. But let's say they both win by the same amount of points. Or this, at least this Friday. 10 points. Yeah, well, right. It, yeah, if they get the same number of points from a win, let's say they both win by three points right. Friday. If they're still tied at this point, it is decided by a coin flip. Seems like there's got to be something more to go to. A coin flip. Now, Here's what's at stake. If you're the two seed, you get a buy. If you're the three seed, you do not get a buy. Wow. This is potentially going to be decided by a coin flip because all other tiebreaker scenarios, they're still tied. Hmm. So taking a step back, I, I was trying to figure out, well, why do they cap it at 10 points? And I guess that's to not incentivize driving every single team into the ground probably as, as much as you possibly can give some playing time to others not just 
shoot threes even though you're up 40. Yeah, because I, I think you got to out you got to outscore Cabot in the game they're playing across the state. Yeah. That makes some sense. I don't know that 10 is a real sensible number there. Well, you know what they cap it at in football? What's that? 13. See. <laughs> what? <laughs> and 13 football points is not at all equivalent I know. to 10 basketball points. <laughs> exactly. I mean, how, how many how many basketball points are equivalent to 13 football points? How many basketball points? Yeah. Like how many times you score? I mean, conceivably, if you had, you could have three four-point plays, but it would still be four scores would be the the closest you could get. No, I'm saying. I, know, I don't know what you're saying. Basketball points are not equivalent to football points because basketball scores are. Way higher. Way higher. Margins of victory potentially a lot larger. I mean, I don't know. Margins of victory can be similar but you know what i'm saying yeah so if we're saying all right 13 and no more for for football that feels like a mm, like at least like an 18 maybe 20 in basketball i wonder if it's because because of the way scoring works is so so much different in football like if you were they're just trying to incentivize i don't know like what is the behavior they're trying to well, there. so, but again, like a basketball possession is not at all the same as a football possession. Those are two just totally different things. Um, in fact, like I would almost look at, like how many possessions does a football team typically get? Six, oh, seven? Okay. seven? Yeah. Especially in high school football, they run it. They, I mean, they run the clock. On a really good night, maybe you're getting like nine or ten. Okay. But, but let's let's say, let's say eight. Just for the sake of real easy math, you get two per quarter. Then, like, you're saying, basically, you're saying a quarter's worth, you yeah. know? Because yeah. 13 points is definitely basically a quarter's worth. You know, you can score two touchdowns, whatever it may be. So, a quarter's worth of basketball, that, that's probably, I don't know, how many possessions do you have in a basketball game? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Lady Cats typically. They they they're gonna score close to twenty a quarter. Yeah, and a lot of times they score over twenty a quarter. So let's say let's say you're looking at like twelve to fifteen possessions per quarter. Does that seem reasonable? Uh, yeah, it's probably per, a little per, higher per than team. That. Okay, yeah. I'm just going conservative here. Well, for the Lady Cats because they just right. run and gun go. and then steal and run <laughs> and gun. <laughs> so fifteen possessions, like if you. Make even eight shots. Just shoot a little above fifty percent, and two of those are threes. Then we're looking at eighteen points. <laughs> so, anyways, at ten points, a little suspect, but is what it is. It just feels like there's somewhere else to go there. So you've already gone to head to head. You've already gone to common opponents. Not really. You don't really go to common yeah, opponents? That's the thing. That's what they should go to. That's they, what they should go to. It should be like... They just go to conference opponents, but they don't factor in common non-conference opponents? Well, there's not. I mean... Well, then haven't they factored in common opponents if they go conference? Well, I guess, I guess they're factoring that in by the points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm so, just saying they're not factoring in, like, did you beat, you know, 
teams that were higher seeded than you. Yeah, but you know, then you get into, oh, you lost to a worse team, but you beat a better team. So who's really better than who? And then we've got the college and football playoff. And you just flip a coin and just like, oh, gosh. see where it lands. I'm so concerned. I'm going to be watching all these games tomorrow because we're not doing any of the games tomorrow. I'm just going to be stressed to the max. I need North Little Rock to just beat Cabot, and then I don't have to worry about it. How is North Little Rock? Um, I mean, they they beat us, but we're without two of our starters, so mm. we beat them by like twenty the first time we played them. See, and that that's the other thing is that none of see this is one of the things I like about the selection committee in the NCAA recently is that they've really taken into account that if you didn't have one of your stars for part of the season, then we can't just look at your record and just go, "That's your record," and that's yeah. exactly what we judge you on. So, I mean, the Razorbacks are in this situation right now because they lost their second best player, Isaiah Joe, and they went oh they went oh for five without him uh the past five games until the last two games when they had him back and they won both of those games. The Lady Cats have played the entire conference season without one starter, and then literally the last game of the first round of of you know, they play each other you know, they play two rounds against each other or whatever. Um, that last game of the first round, they lost their center late in that game. So they've played these last six games without two of their starters, and they ended up losing three in a row to really, you know, like the top half teams. So it's been very stressful, mm-hmm. very stressful. We could really benefit from having a bye, and it could come down to a coin flip. Are you a tails never fails guy? I do always pick Tails, yeah. Is that because of Sonic and, and Tails? No. I just don't like heads. I don't like Washington, George Washington's big old noggin with his ponytail. More of an eagle man? Yeah. 